Welcome in. This is your live chat for this week's Rocket Mortgage Classic. It is, of course, presented by Jock Market. We'll talk plenty about them in just a second, but the next hour or so is your time. Whatever you want to talk about, if you want to talk about the weather, which I imagine many of you are going to want to talk about, if you want to talk about ownership again, I imagine that's going to be a pretty top popular topic of conversation. Go ahead, throw it in the chat. I will do the best that I absolutely can to get through as many of these questions as possible. Um, if this is something you're interested in, you want to see another live chat. There's one this evening, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. That's the Jock Market Power Hour, all things Jock Market. It is very fun. It is very special. That'll be happening tonight. And then Friday, currently scheduled for 4 p.m., I think that's right. 4 p.m. Eastern time on Friday is the Cut Sweat Show. Of course, subject to change. Make sure that you are getting notified there. Let me jump into some of these questions. There was a question. I don't know why it's not a, not appearing in my um, in my queue here, but I saw it earlier where it said, it was a very fair question. It said, Rick, you've talked about uh, the, the, this place being bomb it for distance without regard for accuracy, but also the wet conditions, uh, requiring you to play out of the fairway. I'm confused. I believe is what the comment said. I don't have it handy. I- I'm confused too. So here's, here's what's, here's what I understand it as of, you know, Wednesday, 3 PM Eastern time, this course in general is uh, much less penal off the tee. There are trees out there, tree lined ish, but they're not forests. And, Hitting it far and not being as accurate, I think, is the type of golfer that should benefit from this course over other courses. Now, from what I also understand, the course is wet. Course is soft. All the pressers that I've been listening to today, guys are reiterating, excuse me, the same thing. Um, I think they're going to get thunderstorms again this evening. There's a chance of rain in the forecast on Thursday. There's a chance that the PGA Tour says, hey, we're going to go preferred lies on Thursday, which means you can, if you're in the fairway, Mark your ball, pick it up, clean it, and put it down. It's a huge advantage. So there's a lot of unknowns here. Um, you know, you can make the case that the strong guys, even if they are in the wet rough, that's an advantage. Uh, and if we play preferred lies, if we played at all, it might only be for one day. So I think I would still prefer bombier guys, um, but you might not see that come to fruition over the first round or so. Thoughts on Lebiota or Satoshi Kadaira for DFS, says Chris. Well, um, I'm probably on the Lebiota bandwagon and all the tools that you see here, rickrungood.com. You know, Satoshi Kadaira was excellent last week and he did his job for us, right? 6,500 bucks. I think he finished T32, T36. That's doing his job. This is not a great setup for Kadaira in theory, right? The the places that that he has had success last week at Travelers where you don't have to be long off the tee, uh, Hilton Head where you don't have to be long off the tee. Lebiota, you know, he's been playing well. I would argue he has been uh, a bit reliant on the short game. And I'm zoomed in here, so I hope that you guys can see this a little bit better. Um, you know, he's been a bit reliant on a short game, gaining strokes putting in four of his last five, not necessarily having the similar type of success with the ball striking. But if this is a birdie fest, if it is 23, 24, 25 under part, you're going to have to make putts. So I'm willing to give Hank Lebiota one more trip around the lineup. I would go with him over Kadira there. Hideki keeps popping up in my models. Can he score low enough to return value? 
it's tough. Um, I think the case for Hideki is that, you know, if this turns into a bit of a second shot course because everybody's playing out of similar positions off the tee, that's really good for him. The problem is the putter, and it's always been the problem. And, and in fact, he's gotten a little bit better. But to, to, to shoot something, again, 23, 24, 25 under par, that's probably where we're going to end up, especially if it's preferred lies, especially with it being soft. They just had Willie Mack and doing his presser. He's, he has literally grown up on this course. He's played, it's been his home course for 10 or 12 years. Talking about how soft it is. Take, uh, the ability to take lines that you would normally not be able to take, carry it to spots you would normally not be able to. That's a good sign for Hideki. But it's a bad sign because the scores are going to be really, really low. And I'm not sure he can make enough of those 20 or 20 footers um, to really contend and win this golf tournament. I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong, but I don't believe I am. Uh, or or we would need an absolute monster putting week. Here is his – I mean, here are his, his putting splits. Um, from 7 feet, he's 193rd. Inside 10 feet, he's 192nd. From 15 to 20 feet, he's 167th. From 20 20 to 25 feet, he's 128th. Those are all the areas you're going to need to make a lot of birdie putts from, so I would be a little bit concerned about that. Jeffrey says, the course is really wet, which provides no roll. So doesn't accuracy make a big leap in the model, or am I missing something? Yeah, no, that's kind of what I'm referring to, right? The, the big leap in accuracy comes if they're playing preferred lies. If, if, if everyone is having to play it down and you're in the fairway with a little bit of a mud ball, that could be concerning mud ball. Also, if you are out of, uh, you know, the wet rough, some of these guys that can move it like a wolf or a, a Bryson, I'm not sure it might actually be a bigger advantage for them that the course is wet. So I would really love to know at least on Thursday, if they were going to play play preferred lies, your thoughts on the winning score being lower due to anticipated rainfall in the area. So this is one of those tricky ones, Jared. Some people say lower meaning like 30 under par and some will say lower meaning 10 under par. So I don't know what your question is. Um, I, I think scoring is going to be very good. This course does not offer much teeth and the, the softness of it, uh, will allow for these guys to turn it into track man golf. And what I mean by that is every single guy, every single one of these guys knows how far they carry every single club and the ability to just throw it on the track, man, hit it to your carry number, not worry about anything else. They're super dangerous. They can make a lot of birdies. Mike says, uh, Rick running good. Hit the like button. Yeah, that's a good idea. Hit the like button. Wolf starting off core lineups. What do you think? Wow, Mike. Um, I think that you are hopefully trying to take on a very high risk core. That is my hope. If you are trying to make a safe core, I would be pretty worried about that because the one event that we saw from Matthew Wolf, the U S open was absolutely phenomenal. It was everything that we saw from him for the most part of 2020 since he came on tour. It was absolutely excellent. Then he loses across the board at travelers. And now he's a huge question mark. I, I don't know what version of Wolf we're going to get this week. And it's okay to invest back in on Matthew Wolf with the understanding that he is um, able to, to able to extract it out of the wet rough. He is able to kind of uh, chop off large portions of, of these holes, but He's a very, very risky play. So, Mike, if you are looking for that in your core, you have found the right guy. Dan says, smash the like button. He is also very smart. Can we get a deep dive on Bramlett? He's been popping up in models for me. All right, well, let's see what type of model that you might be running for Joseph Bramlett to appear. 
I guess a ball striking one. Um, so good signs. Four out of the last five, he has gained strokes in the ball striking category, and he hasn't been necessary, necessarily reliant on either off the tee or approach. And the putter is a huge problem. So he is basically like any other team no putt guy, Dan. He is. He's someone who is probably going to have a lot of looks at birdie, and he's probably going to disappoint you often. But the one week that he does this, which is really only gaining two and a half strokes putting over the course of four days, that's not an outrageous amount by any stretch of the imagination, he's going to finish inside the top 10. So you're just going to have to hope that this is a putting week for him. It's no different than any other, um, you know, kind of team, no putt guy. I'm liking some of the guys in the mid tier. Hold on, I have to turn my ceiling fan on one second. Okay. Sorry. I can't, I can't sit here for the next hour and melt under these lights. All right. Um, Happy Gilmore, thank you, first of all, for, for joining, says, uh, liking some guys in the mid-tier slash long shots, Tringale, Redmond, Higo, Woodland, Straka, anyone jump out over the other? Um, yeah, so I actually kind of like all of these guys. Straka, I'm maybe even on. Um, Doc, I've got a, you know, I always have a thing for Doc, and and he's starting to turn it around, play a little bit, a little bit better. The ones that I think are the most interesting, or I'll give you a little couple of nuggets here. I was a bit surprised when I dove into Cameron Tringale how many birdies he makes. I think he's 28th on the PGA tour 26 or something like that uh, in terms of birdie or better percentage this season. And if you then start to look at how that would compare to this field, it's it's he's probably top 10. Yeah, he's right here. 28th in birdie or better. So that was surprising to me. I think that's a good sign. Um, Gary Woodland, I'm, I'm, I'm very much on record saying I believe he is starting to show signs of returning to his uh, 2019 form, which I think is very good. The one guy that, uh, and there's a question I believe coming up about who have I kind of warmed on or who have I kind of cooled on. I think Higo's the guy that I'm warming on. I almost talked myself into this over the, over the course of the bets and, and one and done video on Tuesday, because I think there's a really difficult task to try to figure out what type of player he is only four starts in. And I think you could make a case for, this being a really, really good stretch of four starts for him. So finishes 64th at the PGA Championship, wins the Palmetto Championship. Awesome start. Misses the cut at both the U.S. Open and the Travelers, but he missed the cut in both of them by one shot. Also, in both of them, he gained strokes ball striking, gained strokes both off the tee, gained strokes on approach. This would be This could be a completely different story you know, if he makes the cut on the number, one shot makes the cut on the number, finishes 45th in both of these events, which is not an outrageous ask. We saw what Abraham answer did to go from making the cut on the number to finishing third last week. We would then have a four hole, a four event stretch of saying 64th of the PGA championship, a win 45th at the U S open 45th at travelers. And he hasn't missed a cut yet. That would be a very strong case. And everyone would be on Gary Higo. So I think we are really, we still don't know what he is, but there's a really strong chance that he is even better than what we have seen recently. I don't know yet, but I think, I think that's an argument you could make. For the last two years, uh, guys like Cam Champ have been. Oh, okay. The past two years for guys like Cam Champ who have been who have had two good putting events, but an awful putter in general. Would you lean to maybe give them a shot here, or is it too risky because he's a bad putter? The problem is what you just described is is the problem, right? It, you just don't know when these weeks are going to happen. You know, the weeks the the last good putting week he had was Zozo. 
he has not gained stroke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed one. Valero, he gained two and a half strokes putting. He has gained strokes putting once this calendar year. I don't know why we, like, I just assume it's not going to happen, right? Because one out of every 15 starts, he might find an okay putter. Uh, so, so, and unfortunately it is so bad that he plays himself out of every single golf tournament. And the other problem is he's not a very good iron player either. I, I think it's incredibly risky. I, I think you are almost asking to, to take a one in 16 shot on that. Have any low sevens or six K guys grown on you? Asked Hank Hill. Hello, Hank Hill. Let's take a peek. Um, low seven K or $6,000 players. Oh boy. Uh, so, so Mito Pereira got added to this field. Um, if you are not familiar with him, uh, you should start to get very familiar with him. He is, uh, coming from the corn Ferry tour. He just got his battlefield promotion, which means he's won three times on the, on the corn Ferry this season. Uh, both of them, uh, he's had two wins in his last two starts in his last six starts. He has five top 10 finishes. If you look at his corn Ferry stats, which are n- certainly not complete or as advanced as the PGA tour, uh, you know, he, he does better in the ball striking categories, like the approach, the greens and regulation, stuff like that seems to be a decent putter. So now that he has his tour card making his PGA tour debut this week, feeling good playing well, he's someone that I would not mind plugging in. Peter Uline got added to this field late, 6,900. Seamus Power got added to this field late, although he's at 7,500. Those are three guys that I would be interested in. The 6K range I find uh, incredibly ugly. I I don't think that we have a, you know, last week we had Satoshi Kodaira who was easily mispriced and it was a course that fit well for him. The the couple weeks before that, you know, we've had Vincent Whaley and things of that nature. I'm not sure there is such an obvious choice this time around. I think you can make the case that Chris Baker at 6,300 is at least interesting because he finished 26th at the U S open 60th, 60th at the Palmetto has made the cut here in his only trip. If you're willing to go that low, that is probably the lowest that I would go in a birdie fest this week. Wouldn't it be better to look at birdie or better percentage as opposed to strokes game putting for For example, Hideki is 135th in strokes game putting, but sixth in birdie or better over his last 24 rounds. Yeah, it's a great astute observation. I think there's a lot of different ways to get it done. And if we want to look at birdie or better, we can certainly do that. I can go to the custom model here. Let's pull up. uh, Let's do it. Let's do last 24 rounds and let's just put it all on birdie or better. Put it all on birdie or better. And let's see the types of names that pop up here. Yeah, Kokrak's on the list. Rafael Campos, Patton Kazire, Seamus Power there as well. Brant Snedeker, Hideki Matsuyama. Uh, so certainly don't mind that. Certainly don't mind that one single bit. Hey, Rick, hope all is well. Thank you. Trying to figure out the Holy Grail. Can you take a look at Sepp or Stewart? Uh, let's do Sepp because he seemingly is... Uh, you know, for the first time in a long time, we've got questions on Sep Straka. So let me let me look at Strep here. Or Strep. Sep. Three missed cuts in a row and a 10th place finish last week at the Travelers Championship. Good news is gained a bunch of strokes on approach, gained with the putter. He is not a very good iron player. We could argue that this was that this is an outlier, although maybe he found something. Uh, I would lean towards more towards the outlier and, and that 5.3 strokes gained on approach is probably not repeatable for him. Uh, so that's probably the way that I would go unless you think, unless you're just hoping he, Hey, he found something and maybe he can continue it this week. I mentioned that this is 
uh, brought to you by Jock Market. If you have not played Jock Market, it is Stock Market DFS. We are giving away free money tonight, Wednesday night, 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time. Jock Market Power Hour live right here, same spot you're at right now. Rick Run Good YouTube channel. We're going to give away 100 bucks If you use the code RICK to get a, a deposit bonus up to $50, they match it instantly. It is a way for you to bid on shares of golfers tonight on Wednesday night. And then once uh, those shares are allocated to you around 9 p.m. Eastern time tonight, you have these shares of golfers. And then depending on how they finish, uh, that is going to correlate to the payout. So for example, Kramer Hickok sold last Wednesday at $2.16 a share. He finished second, which got him $20 a share, which means if you had one share of Kramer Hickok, you profited $17.84. If you had 10 shares of him, you profited $178.40. It's a really unique, different way to play fantasy. It is fun. Um, it seems to be growing like a weed. A lot more people seem to be playing week in and week out. And the fact that it gives you something to do over the course of the actual tournament, I think is uh, pretty cool. Pretty slick. Mark Leishman sold for $4 last week. He finished at 18. Harris English sold for seven, uh, finished at 25. Who else? Bryce Garnett, $2.92, finished at $12. So lots of value out there. Use the code Rick, and uh, we will see you tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, Brendan says, hey, Rick, hope you're having a good day. I hope you're having a good day. Can you tell me who you'd prefer between Cam Davis and Hank Lebioto? I really love Cam Davis just in general, but I think the answer to that is, is, um, is Hank Lebiota for this week. I'm, I'm, I'm giving Lebiota one more crack. Uh, you know, Davis on paper, this is a good spot for him, but Lebiota for at least the last five weeks, we've seen it. So I think you have to give the nod to him. Alfredo sauce says, what's up with Kyle Stanley? I'm worried about his putter, but he's making a lot of cuts. Alfredo sauce. You could have sent this same exact message at literally any moment in the last five years, and it would have been relevant because you are always worried about the putter and he is always making lots of cuts. That is that is exactly who Kyle Stanley is. So let's pull him up. I'm not sure I have much more of a take on it than that. Um, Kyle Stanley is one of the true pioneers of team no putt. He is consistently one of the best iron players that we have, and he is consistently one of the worst putters that we have. And unfortunately, even at times that he has putted well, he has not married it with the rest of his game. So the last two times that he's actually gained strokes putting, he's finished 39th and 32nd. So it's not even like he takes advantage of those weeks. I would find it very hard to make any substantial investment in Kyle Stanley. I just, we know what he is. And unfortunately, I would I would almost rather go for unknown entities at this point. What do you think about Chess? Shay Reve, let's check it out. Um, he is, uh, I believe, gaining strokes on approach pretty consistently these days. Let's take a look. Yeah, last three have been really, really good. And he's and he's posted top 40s in all of them, including the U.S. Open. Um, now these, you know, Palmetto was probably a pretty good spot for him. TPC River Highlands was probably a pretty good spot for him. Although I'll tell you, Torrey Pines was probably a pretty terrible spot for him. Still finished 40th there. So this is encouraging. You know, this is um, Ch- Ches Reve at his best was kind of like this, you know, the, 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 the ball striker and maybe he'll make enough putts. I want to kind of look at some of his, uh, maybe his, his season long metrics here. And let's just do his recap. 
Very accurate. <clears throat> Excuse me. 71% of fairways fourth on tour and 25th and approach the green 54th from T to green, which in this field is probably top 25. Yeah. I, I mean, he would be a really, I think he would be a really big beneficiary of if they played preferred lies on Thursday. If, if I found out tonight or maybe before they started tomorrow that they were going to go to preferred lies, like Ches Reeve might be a first round leader. I'm, I mean, he would have to putt obviously better, but I, I don't think that's, too much of a, of a stretch there. Would you be willing to go back to Jason Day, says Denver Timmy. I feel a win coming soon to, despite the back. Yeah, so I'm going to try to separate the narrative versus the metrics. Uh, the narrative is, of course, that he walks around very gingerly and sometimes he grabs his back and he tells us that it is a lot of you know preventative stuff. He reaches down very softly to get his ball out of the cup because he doesn't want to hurt it, not because it's currently hurting him if that makes sense. So that's one side of it. I can detach myself from that. The other side of it is the metrics, which I can't really detach myself from. Um, it, it's it's kind of tough to look at, to be quite frankly. You know, last 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 week he finished his 10th, uh, but was pretty reliant on the short game. Uh, what is that? S- nearly seven strokes gained in the short game. Oh, 6.9. I could just look at that one right there. So he, he gains less than a stroke off the tee, not even a quarter of a stroke on approach, that's a little bit concerning, especially because the short game hasn't been particularly good. And maybe that was an outlier week. Jason day. I will probably just be late on here. Denver, Timmy, I'm, I'm a bit more worried about these advanced metrics and maybe just one hot short game week that bumps them up to a top 10. I'm not sure that's necessarily foreshadowing. Anthony says, when you core cascade, do you try to avoid having similar price golfers in your core? No. Um, I've said this, uh, quite a bit. I, I appreciate that you guys think that I have these hard and fast rules for core cascading. I don't, uh, the, the point of it is that there are no rules. The, the core cascade is, is a simple plug and play strategy for what you think is important. I don't try to make my lineups any different. I work hard on one really good lineup. If that is five guys in the $7,000 range, so be it. I'll swap them all out to their peers. No big deal. Um, I, the only one thing that I might remotely consider is leaving a few hundred dollars on the table because it allows you to swap up instead of only swapping down, not the end of the world. Wouldn't, wouldn't force you to do it. Uh, but there are no hard and fast rules when you are, when you are core cascading. Biggie ball says, Hey Rick, I've been thinking if we take your earlier assumption that this course will reward guys who hit it long, but not straight, are we and are good with their irons. Is that not Phil? So yeah. So, so, and again, my assumption is it's kind of a nuanced take, right? So my assumption is kind of at this course will reward guys who hit it long, but not straight. But really, I just mean they are likely the beneficiaries, the biggest beneficiaries. Maybe it's a 10% boost. Maybe it's a 15%, but maybe it's an 80% boost. I'm not sure. I just think they are probably the bigger beneficiaries because their weakness is not putting them in a situation where they have to punch out or they're hitting it into the water or they're hitting it OB or they're hitting it into um, super thick rough in areas that other guys aren't. So there's, there's not as much penalty. So it might only be a half a shot around and you don't, you might not see it over the course. But uh, if you're asking about Phil, he is certainly uh, long enough. We saw that at the PGA championship. He has certainly improved his irons. I mean, even in this stretch of golf where he hasn't played well, I mean, U.S. Open and, and Traveler 62nd, 61st, he has still been in an upward trajectory or still in a good spot with his irons. Uh, he has gained strokes on approach 
all but three times dating back to this year, this calendar year. Yeah. 2021. So uh, a really good turn for Phil. And I do think that uh, he is, he is playing better than these last three results would indicate uh, one really poor putting week. The irons have cooled off a little bit, but there's a, a longer stretch that tells us he's been better. I wouldn't mind that. Whew. Bro, uh, Ryder Cup, does Brooks back out citing injury or is this going to be the most dysfunctional team since Tom, the Tom Watson-led squad? It's going to be dysfunctional. You're going to have Bryson, you're going to have uh, Brooks, you're going to have Patrick Reed. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun and I will probably be betting the Europeans at plus 163. Drew says, Rick, can you give your thoughts on Jimmy Walker? Oh. Jimmy Walker and, his, and thoughts usually do not go together, but I will offer my thoughts for you. So I'm not sure. I Oh, this is pretty ugly. So the, the question is he played well that one start and then sucked. Uh, I'd argue he, he didn't play well for a long time, played well and then sucked. Uh, this, this six place finish the Memorial, a complete and total outlier. You know, he gained strokes, a ton of them ball striking. He was, uh, a, almost a zero putter. He lost 1.6. There is nothing remotely close to that for the last year plus for Jimmy Walker. So I could not conceivably endorse this in any way. Was wondering if you'd be able to do a deep dive on Willett. Uh, sure. I don't see why that would be much of a problem. That's what I'm here for. Danny Willett. Let's see what we've got. 26 at the Memorial lost strokes off the tee. Ooh, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about this. Pretty reliant on the short on the short game around the green. Four straight while losing in ball striking in four of five. We don't have the Zurich Classic numbers, but they finished eighth. We don't have the Punta Cana numbers, but he's finished eighth there. Ugh. Man, I wish this was a more complete picture. I don't think it's one that invokes a ton of confidence. His best weeks are ones where he's really relying on the short game. And most weeks he's a loser with his irons. And he, if he's lucky, he's a zero or somewhat close to it off the tee. I'm worried about this. Let me do, let me look at his, let me look at his profile real quick. Does he make like a ton of birdies or anything? I doubt, I doubt that. 72nd in birdie average. Let's go to scoring. I want to see the full picture here. I mean, par fives, he plays pretty well. 20th in par five birdie or better. I mean, he's 73rd in birdie or better, which is probably one of his better stats. And in this field, he's probably 40th. Man, I I can't. I don't think I can get there on Danny Willett. I wish I could. Oh, look at this. Ugh, wow, much appreciated. Jay-Z, the one and only, literally taking time out of the recording studio. Uh, wow, I appreciate that. Every Wednesday, you find the time. You're dropping sick beats. You come over here. You, you, you check in in the chat, and I appreciate that. Tell me something good about Scott Brown. Oh, man. I, I, I would hate to disappoint Hove. I, I would hate to disappoint the guy. So I'm not sure what I'm going to have to make a stretch on here about. Uh, I guess the good news, uh, Jay, is that he's he hasn't missed five cuts in a row. Uh, he's only missed four out of five. Uh, I guess I could say... He gained 0.02 strokes putting at the Charles Schwab Challenge. I'm trying, Jay. 
I'm trying to give you something good here. I'm not, I'm not sure. Don't hold it against me. Hold it against Scott Brown. Scott Brown's got 99 problems. Uh, and putting is definitely one of them. I've got a core of 7K guys I like. Would you rather have Webb Simpson and Sung Jay or Hideki and Kokrak? Wow. Um, so I think I like Webb better than Kokrak, or excuse me, Webb better than Hideki by a hair, but I think I like Kokrak better than Sung Jay by a lot. So I think you have to go with Hideki and Kokrak. Good luck. Is Hubba Bubba Watson not getting enough love this week? Uh, Bubba, well, I can, we can talk about ownership. Well, we're 28 minutes in and we haven't even considered ownership we haven't, there hasn't been an ownership question yet what's happening 80s guy uh where's bub here he is i am at 3.6 percent i think a lot of people saw him quote vomit all over himself on sunday end quote and uh do not necessarily want to go back to that position he had the lead with i don't know what six holes ago seven holes ago finished 19th because he played his final five or six at six or seven over it's pretty ugly um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's a nice contrarian play. You just kind of hope he holds on on Sunday. If he's in contention, I'm not as confident, but he is 3.6% owned. Is he four? Is he, is Matthew Wolf four times as likely to win this golf tournament? <laughs> no. Hey Rick, any tips on how to decide to fade chalk, uh, being contrarian and fading highly owned Coke rack types with good stats. Haven't been great for me. So we can talk about that. I, I think you really do have to pick your spots on, um, some of the contrarian things. So, you know, Coke rack, I think is going to be pretty hard to avoid at 22% just because of the guys around him are a little iffy and you can kind of differentiate in other spots. For example, Cameron Tringale, I'd much more, I'd much, I'd feel much better pivoting off of a 16% owned Cameron Tringale and a 15% owned Sepp Straka than I would maybe about a 22% owned Jason Kokrak. So I just think you have to pick your spots here a little bit. It's, it's not like you have to fade all chalk. You just have to kind of fade I like to do it by uh, guys in similar price range that price ranges that I think that I can pivot off of or feel more comfortable pivoting off of. Um, that's usually the way that I do it. But yeah, there's, these guys are chalk for a reason, reason, unfortunately. This is so strange. So first of all, I'm, is this like a bot comment? It says, how to find Gordon Ramsay YouTube. Alexa, oh no. I was going to say that out loud and it was going to trigger everything. I'm not going to say that. If I say that, Alexa will do what it says. However, I've been watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay on uh, on YouTube these days. His, you know, that Kitchen Nightmare show is incredible and it's been going on for so long. And then we started watching Bar Rescue. I mean, it's just, it's a whole thing. But I think I just almost got, I almost tried to get tricked into saying that trigger word uh, that then, then the girl would, you know, pop up and show me Gordon Ramsay on YouTube. <laughs> Two comparisons. Kisner versus Higo, Mav versus Cam Davis. Uh, probably Higo and probably Cam. Take a flyer on Benny on. Oh, let's look at Benny on. First of all, he's got that early tea time again. I know he hates that. Like literally the first tea time out, I think, for four out of the last eight weeks. Let's see where he's at because when I, we looked him up a couple of weeks ago, it was really, really ugly. Okay, getting a little bit better. So the problem, uh, Benyon's problem has always been the putter's been horrendous, but the ball striking was better. Then he went through the stretch where the ball striking was horrendous and the putter was horrendous and he was horrendous. But the last two starts, maybe this is signs of an improvement. Each of his last two, he's gained strokes off the tee, he's gained strokes on approach. Putter's still bad, no problems there. Uh, maybe too early to tell Sheardog, but keep, let's keep an eye on it. 
Was Kramer Hickox showing it to travelers completely out of the blue, or was it pre-Torney dated to suggest he was ready for a breakout? This is a pretty good question, and it's a pretty good way to go back and look at this. Um, I imagine uh, there, you know, if if Kramer Hickox was on your short list last week, uh, you might need to reconsider some of your metrics. I think, you know, and it happens. Golf happens. Golf is very weird. You know, he gained seven and a half strokes on approach, which is by far uh, the best putting week of his career. Almost almost doubled, right? Almost doubled it. No one's going to be able to predict that. No one is ever going to expect you to predict, predict something like that. He literally rolled in everything. Uh, the one thing that he did tap into, which he's actually pretty good at, is the driver. He gained 4.3 off the tee, which is only, only his third best uh, driving week ever. But you can see he has a lot of these where he gains two and a half, three, three and a half, kind of four-ish type strokes off the tee. So that would be much more of what we expect, but no one would have ever have predicted that Kramer Hickok was going to have by far, by far, by far his best putting week ever. Hey, Rick, thanks for the sweat last week. We thought we had him in the first half. Yeah, didn't we? Uh, I was wondering if you could do a deep dive on Austin Eckroad. I'm not sure how much data we have on Eckroad. Let's see. I say we, which I guess is me and my wife in this situation, 12 rounds. Good news. Uh, he's been a decent ball striker. We don't, I wish I had his Maya Coba numbers because he finished 12th there. I mean, he's pretty good. I, I think that from the, uh, oh, I guess I should show you my screen. Sorry. Um, you know, from the uh, uh, kind of the amateur slash college realm, like he's very well respected. He's a uh, seemingly having a, a, a decent start to his career. I don't have a ton of data on him. I don't, I don't know how much of a deeper dive I can do here. I wish I could. Sorry. <clears throat> Ooh, Rick looking thick today. That's right. That's right. I am. Don't you forget it. Deep dive on Harry Higgs for thick nation. All right, from one thick boy to another, Harry Higgs. Let's see what he's got. I could unbutton my, I can't, I can't unbutton any further. So Harry and I are uh, very much connected. Ooh, Harry. We, <laughs> Harry's game might be looking a lot like mine too. This is pretty ugly. I, oh boy. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for a positive here. Uh, gained across the board of the PGA Championship, but everything around that has been pretty horrendous. It's not a great sign. Actually, this is kind of a really concerning sign because he had a stretch from Sony to Honda where he gained strokes on approach in every single one of those. That was set, uh, eight straight to Valero, eight straight. That's great. When you then turn around and lose seven at Heritage, four, one, you gain one, you lose again, you lose seven again, you lose one again. That makes me think he's lost something. You know, he kind of had this little stretch of, of really solid play. Now he's in a horrible stretch. That's that's concerning to me. And you wonder how long it's going to take him to, to work out of that. Um, because he had a decent week. I guess you could call it a decent week or a positive week at the PGA Championship. And that wasn't really enough to spark it. Sometimes it is. This this would be pretty concerning for me. Uh, we We might have to take a longer view on Harry Higgs. No way you can completely fade Bryson this week, right? Says Ben. I think that's right. Um, so I've made the case that I, I would prefer to play Bryson in, in DFS than I would 
uh, straight betting him. And the reason for that is uh, his 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 odds, seven and a half to one, are, last time I checked, basically uh, half the odds of the next closest guy. Patrick Reed's like 14 or 16 to one. So the odds makers are essentially saying, in theory, in theory, in theory, that Bryson is twice as likely to win this golf tournament as Patrick Reed is. And uh, the problem with that, or I guess not not the problem, is that's not necessarily reflected in in the DraftKings pricing. You know, he is only $500 more expensive than Patrick Reed, which Patrick Reed is only $300 more expensive than Webb Simpson. There is not a big, big gap uh, that we're seeing in the outright market. So I would argue that the exposure to Bryson that you want to get is probably here. And um, it would be very tough to fade him completely because that's the question. Wolf plus uh, minus one sixty to make the cut, yay or nay? I am very concerned about Wolf, but I would, I would, I would say, yay, he is going to make the cut. Um, this should be a really good spot for him, and I know, I know, it doesn't really matter because the game's all over the place. But I'm, I'm going to take a more optimistic approach. Looking through past results, tee to green and approach seem to be the most important metrics, followed closely by putting. What's everyone think? Uh, well, I ran the model. Now you have to remember this is only uh, this is only two years worth of data, so you are going to see some extremes, right? So the extremes basically say we can throw out strokes gain total out of this, but um, the extremes basically say that the important stats are approach, putting, tee to green, then birdie or better, uh, then around the green. Again, that's we only have two years worth of data, so these are very very volatile, but it kind of makes sense. Uh, you know, birdie fests. There's a couple of different ways to get there, but birdie fests, um, you know, strokes gain approach, giving yourself as many looks from 20 to 25 feet and then rolling them in strokes gain putting very, very important thoughts on Adam Shank. Yeah, I am. Uh, he's probably the lowest I was willing to go. $6,500 seems to be making more cuts. I went, I, I, I will have exposure to Adam Shank. Love the show. Thank you. I have a one and done dilemma. I'm sitting 10th and debating between Kokrak, Bryson or Reed. Would it be better to hold back Bryson and Reed for one of the final events? Yes. You should probably just play Kokrak here uh, because he's going to be very popular, but you're in 10th, so you can front run a little bit. And as we get towards the end of the year, those playoff events are going to be incredibly valuable. I don't know when your season goes to, but I would probably hold Bryson and Reed. Dart thrower says smash the like. That's a very good idea. Rick, your any five golfers from a couple of weeks ago worked out. What would your any five be? I forget how we did this. Is this, I just pick any five golfers. I don't care about ownership or price or anything. Is that, or do I care about any of that? I don't remember. Um, okay. Let's just start with Bryson and Coke rack. We'll start there. Um, I'm probably more bullish on Webb Simpson than most. I'm probably bullish on Gary Woodland more than most. I'm probably bullish on Seamus more than most and Mito Pereira. I'm not sure if that's exactly what you were looking for, but those are guys that I'm certainly, and Higo, I'm, and that was more than five, that I'm probably um, just much more bullish on than a lot of others. <clears throat> Actually, if it's wet, wouldn't distance off the tee be decreased and putting be even harder? Um, I don't think so. 
I mean, d- off the tee would be decreased, sure, because the ball's not going to roll. I'm assuming that's your assumption. But guys that carry it further are going to still have an edge. And then putting would be easier, right? Because greens are going to be slower. Uh, and usually slower greens, guys can just take cracks at it. So, no, I don't agree with that. Thoughts on Seamus Power? So, yeah, I've, I I kind of uh, – there was a lot of questions about Power. I skipped over a lot of them. Uh, I'm a big fan of Power, Mito, and Peter Uline, the three guys that got added late. The fact that they got added late I thought it was amazing because, um, you know, most people aren't going to realize that they got added late. I love the Corn Fairy guys. Seamus is – is uh, I well, maybe I shouldn't be admitting this in public. Often in my core lineups, he is uh, – uh, I mean, let's just look him up. I, I can't believe we're going to do this. We're going to do the Seamus Power thing. Let's just do it. I have him. Oh, you know what? He got added late. Let me do this. There we go. Seamus, look at this. Look at this beauty. Last four, boom. Gaining strokes on approach. Last five, if you go back, and because these two we don't have have data for. Tee to green, beautiful. Around the green, just fine. Off the tee, eh, whatever. Putting, turning around. I love Seamus power. Let's go. Let's go. Oof. Brandon says, hit that like button. Good idea. What do you see as the optimal roster construction this week? It is probably Bryson and five guys in like the 7K range uh, is probably the optimal. You could argue it's Webb. Maybe I should just say a guy in the 10K, Reed, Bryson, Webb, something like that, and seven seven guys. I think there's a big difference between those guys this week and the sixth, seventh, and eighth golfer in this field. Um, I think there's a big drop-off. So I think you have to get one of those. You probably can't get two of those. And even if you could get two of those, the 6K range is so incredibly ugly that I'm not sure it's worth four flyers down there. So I think it's going to have to be one of the 10K guys. Uh, I don't know if you can get a Jason Kokrak in there as well. Probably not, unless it's maybe Hideki. But I think that's probably the route. Sean says, hey, Rick, love the content. Thank you. And higher buy-in single entries, what's a good amount to leave on the table to be a little bit different? Uh, historically, the math says you only have to leave about $300 on the table to be um, to be different. Because I think it's like it's some outrageous number. Um, like 80% of people, maybe more than that, it might be more than that, are going to spend 50000 49.9 or 49.8. Uh, 49.7 like, falls off the cliff. I'd have, to, I'd have to find the numbers again, but historically that's what it says. Can you? This is a pretty good question. Can you compare the form of Bryson and Hideki going into the Rocket Mortgage the last couple of years? Sure. Uh, Bryson was um, unbelievable last year. So let's 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 look at the lead in form. I, I love this idea. Very good question here, Tyler. So if we go back into the Holy Grail, uh, last year's Rocket Mortgage, thank you, is here. Okay. So remember, this was the restart. So here was the restart. Bryson was twenty-five to one at the Charles Schwab Challenge. Finished third. Next week, he went to RBC Heritage. He was sixteen to one. Finished eighth. Uh, Travelers Championship. The next week, he was ninth. Finish sixth, and he's just—I mean—he's just dominating off the tee. He's playing well. He's putting well. Then he gets here and he wins. He was six to one. Uh, so that form was just unbelievable. He's not in that form right now, but the driver is in that form. Uh, the putter is 
trying to get there three in a row, right? Not bad. Uh, the approach game, I guess. No, I mean, that's pretty good too. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not that different. It's not that different. He needs to make sure he can rein in around the greens, but here it might not matter. Um, and then if we go to Hideki's lead in form, so I, I have him here technically as a win for the players championship, but that was only one round. Uh, and then everything got shut down. He played RBC heritage as his first start back, struck it well, putted terribly, and then finished 21st. So I'm not sure how much lead in form we can talk about that for Hideki in 2020 and then 2019. I mean, he was putting well. He was even putting well leading into the Rocket Mortgage that year as well. Very interesting. I think Bryson's closer to his 2020 form than Hideki is to his 2019 form. What was the combined salary of last year's optimal lineup? Would love to see this in the weekly preview show so I know how much salary to consider leaving on the table. Um, good question. So you could always, I mean, I guess I could figure this out, but you could always kind of try to figure this out yourself. So if you go to the fantasy scoring, if you go to rocket mortgage, if we just look at the 2020 year, and if we sort by draft Kings points, I mean, I'm not going to do the math, but the, the top six, you might've been able to put into a lineup. So Bryson, yeah. Cause Matthew Wolf was 6,800. So it probably would have been Bryson Wolf, Kisner, Armor, Hadwin, Straka. That probably, the top six probably would have been able to fit. I'm trying to do the math in my head. I imagine you would have been able to fit those guys. So that would have been, I'll just do it. I've come, I've come this far. Why stop now? 11,700 plus 6,800 plus 7,700 plus 6,900 plus 8,200 plus 6,700. It would have been $48,000 even would have been the optimal lineup last year. It's dry here in Detroit with very little rain coming. That is um, contradictory to literally everybody else in Detroit of what they're saying. I mean, it's it's poured literally every other day. I, for, I don't know. The guys at the course are literally talking about how saturated it is. Uh, last time I checked, there was there was storms in the forecast for this evening. I clicked the weather station closest to Detroit Golf Club. Jim. I don't know. I'm not there. You're there, but I don't know. Hey, Rick, love the show. Thanks, Philly Fingers. Should Bryson's implosion at the U.S. Open lead us to believe that he will inevitably take on more and more risk when he's not in the lead? For sure. Yeah. I mean, he did that. He did that at what? Memorial last year, right? When he took the 10 or whatever, like he hit the same shot three times in a row, OB or whatever. Yeah, he is. He is playing for first. He does not care about anything else. What is a projected high ownership for the mid to low seven Ks? So I'll just sort by projected ownership here. Um, Sepp Straka is to me going to be the highest owned golfer in the $7,000 range, which is absolutely crazy. 15% Doc Redman about 12 or 13 Cam Davis, 9.9 Maverick nearly kind of in the same spot. Answer a lot of these questions, which is good. So I'm, I'm moving along here. Who's the guy you feel most comfortable fading this week? Wow. Um, I think the answer is, uh, I think Hideki. That might, that might, that might burn me. 
you're thinking Kisner. I'm fine with that. The argument to be made is Kisner had one good round and he played well here last year, but he's not playing as well recently. I could do that. Rick love the content HV three and Kadira or power and Lebiota power and Lebiota thoughts on power thoughts on power. It keeps coming up. I've, I've talked about it. Rick run to the fan. That's right. I'm changing my username. How do you feel about the young guys like Pac Pereira and Eckert? Um, I talked about those guys. I certainly like, I think I like Mito the most and then Austin and then, and then John, how warm are you on fading Bryson? Not that warm. Best sub seven K non-chalk guy shot 85 in the dry rain last week. I shot 80. I'm feeling it right now, Jay. I shot 81 on Sunday. Um, I've not done that in a while. I'm normally in that 85, 86, 87 range. I was, I was playing well, catch you out there sometime. Uh, best seven K guy, non-chalk or sub seven K, excuse me. Let's see. I don't think anybody's going to be super popular. U line's interesting. He's won at Paiute. Uh, Austin Eckert, maybe. Um, it might be Ben on, man. I mean, I know it's really bad, but he is like, if you want to take the last two starts and say he's trending in the right direction, that might be the guy. It's tough. I don't love any of those guys. Have you ever thought about doing a breakdown of your core lineup and why you choose those golfers? Uh, I've done this in the past. People didn't seem to care. <laughs> uh, most people don't seem to look back, uh, want to look back. They want to look forward. I've done this. It hasn't been that good. And uh, honestly, my process is on air and recorded for many hours every single week. So my process is certainly no secret. Um, hey, Rick, I'm a sub to the site, but I'm at work and bored. Hmm. Thanks for tuning in. Can you do a deep dive on Homa? Sure. Let's do a deep dive on old Max. If you missed the interview, I chatted with Max last week. It's on the First Cut podcast feed. That was the CBS Sports uh, special. What do I see here? Um, he's trying to make improvements around the green. He actually told me that. He's been working hard there, and you're starting to see that come to fruition a little bit. Off the tee driver looks good. I mean, this isn't this isn't uncharacteristic of Max, except for the putter. You know, when he was having that good stretch, he wasn't electric off the tee. He wasn't electric with his irons. He's kind of in a similar spot. He just wasn't hemorrhaging strokes around the green, which he's starting to clean up a little bit. And he was putting better. And, you know, he's putted really good in two of his last five, but he he hasn't in the other or two of his last six. And he hasn't in the other four. So it, to me, to me, this is, this says Max is just going to be relying on however he puts this week. That seems to be the, the case here. Um, let's see how he does on bent grass on, or on these Bent slash POA. Yeah, he's basically the same. Almost identical. Yeah. So, I don't know. You're just going to have to hope for a, a strong putting week. I don't mind burning Patrick Reed for a one and done. Um, yeah, because I think a lot of people have used him already and uh, wouldn't mind running it out. Devin, Devin says, Ricky Bobby, I won 5600 from $65 last week. I love your videos, especially the cut sweat. Thank you. Thank you. Trying to make the cut sweat a thing. Trying to make it a data-driven, really strong kind of fun Friday night thing or Friday afternoon thing. So I'll see you this Friday. Thank you very much. Gosh, there's a million questions about Seamus Power. I'm just going to skip all those. I like him. I've talked about him more in depth a little bit earlier. I I think, you know, this is a good question, Keith. Uh, are you still bullish on Cam Davis? I think I am in theory. I've I wish we I wish we were seeing more signs of life from him. You know, the missed cut at the Memorial and losing strokes off the team three straight is concerning. That's his, that's his thing, right? That's the weapon. 
I think this is a really good fit for him, but he's going to have to flip a switch. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a five out of 10 in terms of excitement on paper. It should be one of the better spots on the PGA tour for him, but the form hasn't been great. I'm a five out of 10. There are, I cannot believe how many Seamus power questions there are. I'm going to keep going here. I would much rather have doc than Sepp Straka. This that's the question here. Looking for a contrarian flyer. I don't believe Sepp is going to be a contrarian flyer. I have him around 16%. That might be crazy, but people are losing their losing their freaking minds this week over Sepp Straka. Any chance Bryson runs, runs away with this? There's a chance Bryson runs away with this every single week. He, I mean, he's literally on another level. Um, I'm not kidding. I mean, go, go watch him in person. It's when your peers start standing around you and watching what you're doing, that's a really good sign. And when he puts it all together, he's gonna win by a lot. We saw it at Wings Foot. He's just got to put it all together. And even his bad weeks. I mean, even like I, I thought he played pretty poorly last week at Travelers. I watched because he was in future groups. I probably saw every single shot he hit. It was, uh, he left so many strokes out there. So many strokes. And he was still in the top 10 after three rounds. I think he finished 19th or 16th or something like that. I mean, I thought he played horrible. Finished inside the top 20. One and done this week. Final week is the British Open. We call that the Open Championship. I have Bryson, Reed, Kokrak, Decky. Oh, so you've you have like three weeks left. So you should probably, well, who do you have left for the Open Championship would be my question. If you have somebody left, if you have somebody good left for that, you have to burn Bryson here, I think. If you only have three weeks left or yeah. Yeah, you got, I think you have to burn Bryson. Favorite golf movie, Happy Gilmore, Tin Cup, Bagger Vance, Caddyshack, Greatest Game Ever Played. Greatest Game Ever Played is the one with Francis Umet. We met, right? Umet. 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 With uh, the kid from Even Stevens. What's that kid's name? Not the... What was the actual kid's name in that? Not Shia LaBeouf. LaBluff. What was the actual kid's name? Beans? Was that his name? Uh, that one. That's a good one. And then uh, Bagger Vance is pretty good. Happy Gilmore is a classic, but I don't think it's like a great movie. I think it's a funny movie. Greatest game ever played, I think, is actually a pretty good movie. Would you rather play Willie Z or Neiman? Ooh, ooh. I would rather play Willie Z. How do you feel about going back to Grillo? I don't mind that at all. It's difficult to make a Stars and Scrubs lineup. <laughs> You're darn right it is. Is it wiser to balance it out and stay at... Oh. Yeah, so again, I think it's one guy at the top. I would argue that um, you want to have one guy, Jason Kokrak or above. I think it's a pretty sharp cliff after that to Sung JM. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One of the top seven. Depending on which of those top seven that you take, you can kind of be a little bit more balanced. You know, if you take Bryson, maybe it's five guys in the 7K range. Uh, if you take Kokrak, maybe you can get a guy, maybe you can get Higo or Homa or Tringale, whoever you want in the 8K range, and then go down to the 7. But I think you have to have one of those 7. Lots of questions on Homa as well. Uh, what's up, Rick? If they play lift cleaning place, who benefits the most? Guys that hit fairways. Huge benefit. Huge benefit to the guys that hit the fairway. Um, so this is an interesting question. You mentioned last week that strokes gain around the green doesn't matter because if they need to use that, then they're already in trouble. <laughs> yeah, that's still true. Yeah. So the, the reason I say that, and of course it's not that binary, but the idea is if you're gonna have to make 25, 28 birdies to win this golf tournament, 
if you are constantly playing from the side of the green to get up and down for par, you're toast, right? If you're having to get up and down for par that often, uh, it's over. You, you've not made enough birdies to win this golf tournament, so I just don't care as much. I'd, I'd rather... It's the same way. Like, if you're missing a bunch of greens, good luck. Uh, Devin said, thank you for the Cut Sweat Show and sent a super chat, which is uh, much appreciated, Devin. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about the Cut Sweat Show. I think it's going to be really cool, really interesting moving forward. I'm, I'm absolutely... And we got, such a good, we got such a good Cut Sweat last week. Ooh, don't spam about stocks. We can talk about them. Just don't spam it. Do you think the score will be in the 20s? I do. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason not to, right? I mean, the first two week, two years, it was 23 and 25. The only thing that might be, the only thing is with how wet it's been, they haven't been able to cut the rough. So the rough might be a little bit thicker, but if you offset that with soft greens, these guys, these guys shred soft greens. They shred them. In what order would you take Kisner, Homa, Sungjae, Redmond, Mav McNeely? Probably Sungjae, Doc, Homa, Mav, Kisner. I. What is Mito's ownership looking like with the run good bump? I'm I'm projecting about six percent. Um, would you rather be late or early on Sungjae? I I will I will probably be late ish. He tends to foreshadow. Um, I'm not sure if I have this handy, but he. He tends to start showing us he's playing better, and then it, it it it's not like he flips the switch on and off. How do I quit my finance job and work for you? Well, first step one, quit. Uh, step two, I guess we'd have to be hiring, so maybe don't quit. Maybe keep your job, uh, and then maybe when I hire, I don't know if I'll ever hire. I guess I kind of will. I don't know. We'll see. Company of one. Company of two. That's my wife, the other one. Hey, Rick, thanks for what you provide to us mere mortals. No problem, Steve. Could you highlight the top five putters in this field? Sure. How would you like to do it? Let's get freaky. Let's do, um, well, mm, uh, let's do, let's go to the model. Let's, I think I have the last 24 rounds in here. Let's do, let's just sort by strokes gain putting. Troy Merritt, believe it or not, in the last 24 rounds, number one. Vaughn Taylor, number two. Cheston Hadley, three. Kokrak, four. Rain Gibson, five. You want to go a little bit longer than that? You want to go a little bit longer term? Maybe call it 64 rounds. Let's see what we got. Give this a little resort action. Kisner, no surprise there. Todd. Higo. Higo doesn't have as many rounds, though. Keep that in mind. Patrick Reed, Bryce Garnett, and then the old Weber. Those are your putters. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, I got it, I got it, I got it. My wife's giving me the signal that we're over time. I got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, I'm going to need to know when I can load up of shares of RRG down the road. Yeah, let's. Uh, maybe we'll go public at some point. That'd be cool, right? I don't know, it might be bad. Uh, we're in overtime, I know. It's lunchtime. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to wrap up soon. I just have a couple more questions here. How do you equate course history to recent form and tie in... The key stats of each golfer, one third each, depending on how many stats you use. Ooh, I, you know, I got to tell you, I'm more of a recent form guy than course history guy. And I'm also more of a course fit guy than I am course history guy. I think the idea of skill sets, especially for those who don't have it, like guys who don't have course history shouldn't be punished from the course history conversation. So I like course fit 
which is why when I look at the course key stats and I'm like, oh, okay, here are the types of golfers that should play well. Then I go down and say, okay, who's playing well right now in those stats, whether they have course history or not, that to me is the more optimal way to do it. It's been pouring here. For, so what? We got a couple of dueling meteorologists in Detroit. Someone said it's dry here. Haven't seen water in a million years. And John says it's been pouring here for days. It's wet as hell, which in theory, John, hell would not be that wet. Uh, however, your point very much, uh, well taken. Thank you very much for, for checking in. That is the assessment that I thought I've got 6,500 left. Who should I pick? Shank just type in optimal lineup. Yeah, exactly. Go to Twitter, type in optimal lineup and, uh, yeah, whatever the tournament is. And my tweet usually pops up. That is correct. All right, let's do Tane Lee. There's a couple of questions here. I know, I'm over time. I'm coming. We're going to wrap this up shortly. Tane Lee. Do I have data on him? Because the tour, tour sends over data differently for these guys. Okay, so here's what I've got. 12 rounds. Eh, it's fine, right? Three made cuts. The last time we saw him, he played well. He was actually in the lead for a while, right? Before he finished 14th. I'm lukewarm on him. Six out of 10. Am, am I fading Seamus with all the questions about him? Maybe you should, although uh, this is a very, I mean, very small community, right? Uh, people, people who are in the know watching these shows are the tiny percentage of the people who are going to be entering lineup. So I don't think you have to worry about that. All right, couple more, couple more, couple more. We're in overtime and uh, a lot of these questions I've already answered. Who's the pivot off of Bryson? I believe it is to be Webb. Best long shot for lowest owned top 10 guy? Mito. Beans is correct. Thank you. How do you find out, figure out the order of alternates getting into the field? It is on the PGA Tours field page and Rob Bolton usually tweets them out. Who are the best three Corn Ferry Tour guys this week? Mito Pereira, Seamus Power, and... Um, blanking on his name, Peter Uline. Do you think we'll see Higo show up? Yes. Rick, don't upset the misses. I know. Thanks for zooming in on, uh, for the, tr for the grandpas. No problem. Uh, I think I'm at the end now. <laughs> I didn't want to go through. I didn't want to not get to the end. All right. I'm at the end. All right. Thank you very much. This has been your live chat for this week's Rocket Mortgage. There's another live chat tonight. There is a cut sweat on Friday. I assume you guys are going to join me for all of that because it would be much appreciated. Uh, it is now lunchtime here on the West Coast. So that's what we are going to do. And I'll talk to you guys soon. Good luck. Later.